0: In these last days, the Bible predicts a turning away from biblical truth. In order to combat false teachings that are running rampant and a growing lack of biblical literacy, Behold Israel provides weekly public readings of scripture to equip you with the pure word of God, read in an international community with interaction and application. Each week we host different guests from all walks of life, Original readings can be found on our Behold Israel community channel on YouTube or on our Facebook channel. These are audio versions created to make it convenient for your busy schedule. Now, on to our readings. Hello and welcome to another public reading of Scripture. My name is Jason Comens. I'm our director of tours and conferences over here at Behold Israel. I live in the southwest United States. Blessed to have you with me this evening or morning. Uh, or afternoon, whatever time of the day it is for you, thank you for carving out a little bit of time to dive into the Bible with us and continue uh, during this tragic season for Israel uh, to continue to pray for them. And so as we dive right in, I just want to let you know tonight we're actually going to be in the book of Romans. We've been in Psalms, we've been in the Gospels a little bit, Proverbs, kind of here and there. Tonight we're going to be in the book of Romans, specifically Three very powerful chapters. That's Romans 9 to 11. Romans 9 through 11. Why these three chapters? You often hear of Romans 9 kind of in an abstract context. People often use it to just talk about simply the sovereignty of God and how man basically has no uh, say in the matter of anything, uh, especially regards to their salvation. But I want to take a deeper look into Romans 9. And by doing so, I think we can accomplish that by just reading the scriptures out loud together, because it's really, Paul has been making this whole case in Romans 1 through 8, leading up to these three chapters, about how whether you are Jew or Gentile, if you don't have Christ, you don't have anything. You've missed it. And so these three chapters are so powerful as we come together as a group collectively and we share a common burden for the Jewish people. Paul had a very strong burden for the Jewish people, his own people. The Lord had a very strong, has a very strong burden for the Jewish people. May we have that burden as well. And my prayer is that as we walk away tonight, uh, we would walk away equipped and encouraged, uh, understanding more of God's prophetic plan for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. So allow me to open our time in prayer and we'll jump right in. So Father as we as we engage in this time of reading your eternal word that is perfect that is sure that is adamant we ask that you that you would you would enlighten us God illuminate our hearts and our minds by the power of your spirit as we read your word out loud tonight help us to walk help us to walk away from PRS to be even more burdened for your people your covenant people Lord to- if you, if you numbered our sins, who could stand? And I, I just think of this as, as people try to, try to point for all the reasons that Israel is no longer part of your covenant plan anymore. That it couldn't be further from the truth because none of us could stand if you numbered our sins. So Lord, we pray as we read these three powerful chapters that your spirit would stir us, that we would be encouraged, but that we would be burdened for the Jewish people And that we would continue to pray for the people of Israel uh, and be burdened for them, that they might come ultimately. Yes, there's material needs that need to be restored. There's livelihoods that have been thrashed, God, and we're, those are really heavy things. But Lord, our our ask is that their souls would be turned to you in this dark time. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I just want to remind you in the chat, whether you're on Facebook with us or you're on our YouTube community channel, you are more than welcome to submit your prayers for the, for the people of Israel, the Jewish people, you're, you're welcome to submit those in the comments and I'll see them here in between our reading segments, if I'm able to, I would love to pull a few just to share with the group, show how people are praying. And we will pray between chapters, but diving in to our reading. Romans chapter 9. I'll be in the New King James version. Romans chapter 9. I tell the truth in Christ. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing wit- my witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I Myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are the Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. But I your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. And as it is written, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. Which really means that God has a hate for Esau, it's, that the promise, the emphasis is on Jacob. His preference, this is a preferential word here, is Jacob, this is who the promise is directed through. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture sends to the Pharaoh for this very purpose, raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills, he hardens. You will say say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, for he had prepared which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and her beloved who is not my beloved, her who is not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, remnant will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, Unless the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That Gentiles, now listen, listen carefully, because he's about to answer and conclude everything he's just said before he builds on it further. Listen, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness, not of him who wills nor him who writes. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That is Romans chapter 9. And as we continue to be burdened for the people of Israel and the Jewish people worldwide, I, I see Peggy's prayer here, Father, bring peace to the people of Israel in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This is from Peggy. Father, bring peace to the people of Israel. And ultimately, they won't have peace until they know their Prince of Peace. From here, from Kevin, we also have praying for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem, praying for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. Thank you both. Romans chapter 10, Romans 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way, Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, Or, who will descend into this, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is, the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And by the way, you don't don't confess something you don't already have. So don't read into that too much. is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Valid questions. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you here by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel he sends all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. We have to be burdened for the people of Israel because what we have is directly correlating with this people. Let's look at some of the different prayers coming in. Robert. Robert says this. Continuing to pray. And for Is, uh, pray with and for Israel and Jews everywhere. For believers as well. God has people praying everywhere. Our family. His family, I should say. That's encouraging. Thanks, Robert. We also have Sheila. And also, Husha, Shalom, God bless Israel. And Sheila said, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Shalom from New Zealand. We're blessed to have you with us. Thank you. We're going to continue our time in Romans 11. Don't forget, friends, this is one narrative. This is the same narrative that we started with. All connected. Romans chapter 11. I say then, has God cast away? Remember how 10 just ended. All day long I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Romans 11. I say then, has God cast away his people? Certainly not. The word meganoita. It means the absolute... Strongest degree of no. Certainly not, for I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? How he pleaded with God against Israel, his own people? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone have left, and they seek my life. Pay attention closely right here. But what does the divine response say to him? I have served for myself seven, I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Listen close again. Even so, then, this is Paul speaking at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. He goes all the way back to Elijah to prove his point that's just as relevant during his lifetime and just as relevant during your life. And if by grace it is no longer of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace, otherwise work is no longer work. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks. Listen, he's summarizing this again. What then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see, and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. Through their fall to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to who? Me, a lot of you watching, the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world, meaning what happened to them, this blinding because of their rejection, Messiah means good things for you. Listen closely. Their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles. How much more their fullness? How much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, his focus is shifting. In as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and some of them. Their salvation meant everything to Paul. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For it. Is For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, you, being a wild olive tree, Gentiles, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root, fatness of the olive tree, tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say that branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off. Let belief in. And you stand by faith. Meaning, faith in and of itself has no value. It's all about the object of one's. Standing in faith is a... Mission, it's in a recognition that I am helpless on my own. You stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. Humble yourself. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Wow. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in this goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Unbelief has its consequences. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree how much more will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree for I do not desire brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery he's about to sum up everything he's just said lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness gentiles has come in and so all israel will be saved as is written he's not speaking on his own accord he's referring back as it is written the deliverer will come out of zion and he will turn away ungodliness from jacob for this is my covenant with them when i take away their sins concerning the gospel they are enemies for your sake but concerning the election they are beloved for the sake Of the fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And Paul doesn't just write this here. In Galatians, he tells that just because there's a new promise, it doesn't negate. Just because the law came along, it didn't negate the Abrahamic covenant that came 400 years prior to it. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown to you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. God is good. Oh, the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments. And his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let's take a look at more of the prayer requests that have come in. May God bless the remnant. I love that, Christine. Thank you. May God bless the remnant. God is faithful. He's always kept a remnant. DM, Lord Jesus caused the Jews to turn their hearts toward you. Absolutely. Thank you. Shalom. I see many of you praying for the soldiers and the the IDF. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Sue says, Amen. We love and pray for Israel. And Deanna says, Praying for Israel to be seeking God's righteousness and understanding that it comes to them in power. Shalom, my sweet Israelites. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Our Father, we, we come to you recognizing that your word is, is perfect. And we pray that your word would go forth and not return void tonight. Today, we know it won't. We're assured of this. And Lord, I pray that as Paul was so burdened for his own people, Lord, may our burden for your people increase. Maybe there's those who are here reading out loud with us tonight who've been wondering how to how to understand to fit what's the big deal with Israel? Why are all the Christians? I mean, I go to church, I identify as a Christian, but why are all these Christians so, uh, so just zoomed in on Israel right now? Well, Lord, I pray that through a reading of Romans 9 to 11, the answer to that would become very clear. And that they too, anyone who's here who, who, who you who brought in here, Lord, to expose these truths to, Lord, that they would but that they would surrender to these truths and that they too would be burdened for your people. You are a covenant-keeping God. Your relationship to Israel gives us the utmost confidence for your faithfulness to us. We pray now that through this tragedy, Lord, there would be light shining in a dark place, that the, the illumination of your Holy Spirit would hit the homes of so many Jews in Israel and abroad. And as we're going to pray for next week, Lord, that in all of this, you know, when you put your people back in your land, their land, it was so that the nations might know that you are God. And I pray that what you do to keep your people Israel through this tragedy would be a testimony to them that they might know that you are their God and that you've done all the work through the finished work of your son, Jesus. On their behalf. God, thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank each and every one of you for being with me through this segment. I know it was kind of a long reading. It was. It's, the reality is, is Paul says a lot of really difficult things to understand that he does. He's, He's just more complicated to understand than some of the other authors. He's, he's very profound in what he writes. And I think it's by design, though, because we need to spend time pondering it, because we do not want to miss it. But we know, undoubtedly, God keeps his promises because they're irrevocable, and he has a plan for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. So thank you for being with me. Please continue to pray over the ministry. We, just a reminder, we do prayer meetings every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for Israel. We cover specific topics every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can go on our website, actually, and you can see these events. Uh, The Zoom link is there. The Behold Israel community channel link is there if you don't want to get on Zoom. But we'd love to have you. Thank you for being with me this evening. And uh, have a blessed rest of your week. Please continue to pray over the ministry's events over the course of the next week. One week from yesterday, Amir will be speaking in Kansas City. So that's that's a new contact, a new church for us. You can be praying over uh, that opportunity. And if you're in the Kansas City area, go on our website to our Teaching Around the World events page and you will see the information on there. We'd love to see you there. Have a blessed rest of your evening. I look forward to meeting with you next time.